Welcome back to All About That. First of all, I got a new microphone. Before, I used uh, I used the microphone on my phone, and it was not the best. I'm super excited to use this new one today, and I hope it's better than the last. Now, I wanted to do something a bit different for this episode, so for my first real microphone, I thought, why not make my first special topics episode? That's right. Last time, we talked about gravity, so I was thinking... I should make an episode on the thing in space that contains so much gravity, it even sucks in light. This episode is on black holes. I hope you like it. Let's get started. So, to kick things off, before we discuss about all the details and such of black holes, I have to first talk about what a black hole even is. A black hole is a part of space that's incredibly dense and has a lot of mass, which makes its gravitational force so big, nothing can escape the gravitational pull once it gets too close. Every black hole has something called an event horizon, and when something passes that point, it cannot get out. The event horizon marks the spot where the escape velocity is faster than the speed of light. An escape velocity is basically the amount of force or acceleration needed to break through a uh, gravitational force. So on Earth, you have to reach 11 kilometers per second to be able to um, go out of Earth, basically, and into space. Because gravity cannot bring you down if you're at that speed. Uh, So what this means is that once something passes the event horizon, if it is light or slower... Um, and it cannot go at the speed of light, or faster than the speed of light, then it's going to get sucked into the black hole and eventually either get crushed or die. It's, uh, yeah. Um, and the speed of light is currently the fastest speed that any matter um, that we know of can achieve. So, yeah, nothing can get out of an event horizon, basically. Now, a really cool property of black holes is that they're invisible. Well, it's not that cool if we're trying to study them and cannot see anything, but for fantasy purposes, they may be the only thing that can achieve invisibility. Since light is pulled in, and light is the reason, is the only reason people can see anything, in another physics episode we'll learn that, black holes cannot be seen. Okay, so with that out of the way, um, onto the properties and formations. There are four types of black holes, and each is formed differently located differently, and made in different sizes. These four types are primordial, intermediate, stellar, and supermassive black holes. Let's look at each one separately. Alright, so before I go into anything more, um, in this episode I'm going to continue to talk a a lot about black holes and what they're like and stuff like that, and You may be thinking, but you just said that black holes are invisible. How can you know what they're like, and how can you know their properties? Well, we can't actually know all that stuff. Um, What we we can do is we look at their actions, or what, uh, and we figure out what they, we can figure out their size, properties, and behaviors looking at their actions, what they've done. Using powerful telescopes, astronomers have been able to see celestial objects like stars and Debris moving towards areas and orbiting areas that seem like nothing. It's just like this spinning 
debris around a black space that we can't actually see what it is. So, uh, yeah. Also, this whole episode is kind of theoretical. I mean, again, we don't, nobody has actually been to a black hole. Nobody has seen what it does to objects fully. We can look at it from a distance and, um, nobody has even seen one forming. Uh, the information I'm about to tell you is what I've read on a number of websites that can all make educated guesses about what we see through telescopes, math, and physics calculations. Alright, back to the episode. So, first up are primordial black holes. Interestingly enough, primordial black holes have never actually been seen or have been recorded but are rather inferred to have formed right after the Big Bang. Yeah, they are an educated guess, I guess. Um, so all the other black holes I'll be talking about today, their actions have been recorded, um, and so we know they exist. But primordial black holes, I wanted to put them in this episode, but they're basically, uh, yeah, we've never actually seen evidence that they exist, but we have very good clues. So, astro astronomers think they were formed seconds after the Big Bang, because in the beginning, the universe had some areas that were more dense, <clears throat> and, some others that were, and some areas that were less dense, despite not having any celestial objects like stars. Primordial black holes could have been formed from the denser areas collapsing in on themselves, like the other black holes are formed by stars collapsing in on themselves. The cool thing is about these black holes is that depending on when they were formed after the Big Bang, the black holes could have been much smaller than a candle at 10 to the negative fifth grams or 100,000 times larger than the sun. In addition, the black holes are predicted to have had only one second to form. And in that one second was when their size was determined being formed 0.99 seconds after the Big Bang, formed the largest primordial black hole. The reason we just cannot see them is because of Stephen's Hawking theory, Stephen Hawking's theory. The large majority of primordial black holes formed <clears throat> may have been so small that they evaporated before we had the tools to see them. Yes, black holes will evaporate over long periods of time depending on their size. The smaller the black hole, the faster it will evaporate. Now, on to uh, the black holes that we have recorded. Now, on to stellar black holes. Stellar black holes are the most common black hole in our universe, and the ones we understand the most about. Stellar black holes form when a very large star's life ends, and the star implodes on itself because its gravitational force gets a little too much for the dying core to handle, and it just collapses. Now, our sun cannot be turned into a black hole at the end of its life because it is not large enough. You have to have a large star with a giant gravitational force, and our sun just does not have that. When the sun dies, it'll become a, dwarf, a white dwarf star and just run out of gas and be just a little star. Um, so, when a large star uh, implodes, it causes a concentrated area in the middle um, to contain almost as much mass as the star used to have. Then that mass begins to spin, 
and its gravitational force um, caused by the mass it has will uh, pick up nearby debris and begin to consuming begin consuming them, and that there will increase its mass. And increased mass is again like in like we learned in uh, last week's episode um, is increased gravitational force. So as it just takes more and more debris in, it will it will just gain more and more gravitational force until it has an event horizon where the escape velocity is faster than the speed of light and it becomes a black hole. Uh, all of the so all of the debris the black hole sucks up is mainly comes from the supernova that is created from the dead star imploding. All of the gases that uh, made up the star explode, or that made up the star, explode into colorful bright light. Um, and the area of spinning mass can then pull in all those gases to become larger and larger. Uh, actually, you can search up pictures of supernova. They're super bright and colorful in the sky, and actually they are some of the most powerful energy sources, like a star imploding is one of the most powerful energy sources we've seen. So, uh, stellar black holes are thought to have the masses of 5 to 10 solar masses, which is the unit of the mass of the sun. The amazing thing is that the actual size of a black hole, or the stellar black hole, is so much smaller than the sun, but it has the mass of 5 to 10 times solar masses, which is insanely large. Okay, so on to intermediate black holes. Now, intermediate black holes have been somewhat elusive to scientists uh, for the past decades, um, but scientists always knew they existed. This is because... Um, there have always been a small black hole and a large black hole, but intermediate ones or medium ones have were never found. Uh, so I know that I said that stellar black holes are five to ten times the mass of the sun, but they're actually considered the small ones. <laughs> Wait till you see what the other ones are like. Um, so yeah, scientists are or scientists always knew that intermediate black holes existed but can never find one. Now, very recently, intermediate black holes were discovered by the Hubble Space Telescope because a black, um, a black hole that was larger than a stellar black hole but much smaller than a supermassive black hole shredded a star that came too close. It is not known how the intermediate black holes are formed, though, since one was only discovered when it was already formed, but scientists theorize that um, intermediate black holes are formed the same way as stellar black holes are, just with a larger star that implodes. So, uh, based on this star shredding that was captured, uh, scientists estimated that intermediate black holes are about 20,000 to 50,000 times the sun's mass. <laughs> this is considerably larger than a stellar black hole. Now, after saying all this, I wonder what a black hole called a supermassive black hole will have a mass like. Well, you're about to find out. Alright, on to supermassive black holes. Supermassive black holes have an estimated mass 
of between a hundred thousand to one million solar masses. I guess they, that's why they call it supermassive. Unlike intermediate and stellar black holes, supermassive black holes are only found in the center of large galaxies, including our own. Uh, I don't know which what telescope found it, but a telescope found a supermassive black hole in the middle of our uh, in the middle of our galaxy, and um, and uh, scientists dis- decided to start looking at different galaxies, and they continued to find them in the center of the galaxy, and we don't really know why. Uh, it is not really known how supermassive black holes form, uh, because we have not seen any form. But a common theory is that multiple stars in groups of compact stars in the middle of a galaxy collide. And similarly to stellar black holes, have an area of incredibly large mass that begins to spin, picking up all the gases from all the stars, and eventually grows huge. Another theory is that supermassive black holes form very early on in the center of galaxies, and nobody knows how. Uh, finally, another theory is that stellar black holes merge to form super black to form supermassive black holes. Now, supermassive black holes are thought to only be able to form in the center of galaxies where stars are clubbed together because uh, that's the only place they've they've been seen. Um, astronomers have seen uh, debris and objects orbiting the center of galaxies at high speeds that could only be caused by something with an incredibly high gravitational force. And uh, that's why we assume that they're always in the um, middle of galaxies, because that's where we've always seen the high speeds of debris. Okay, so to end off this episode, um, I wanted to tell you that for the whole podcast, I've been saying that black holes have never been seen. Well, I lied. There is one picture of a black hole in the whole world that was taken very recently. Yay! In April of 2017, astronomers all across the world used eight different telescopes as part of the collaboration Event Horizon Telescopes which was created to take this picture. The black hole caught in the action is a supermassive black hole in the middle of the galaxy M87, which is uh, 54 million light years away from us. This supermassive black hole is seen pulling in gases and objects in space. The objects and gases are depicted by a reddish and bright yellow ring around the black circle around a black circle because according to NASA objects being pulled into a black hole are heated to millions of degrees that is the only reason we got to see this particular black hole for a fraction of a second the gases are heated up and the telescopes can pick up the light and NASA also says that in that in x-rays Objects that are heated up like this glow. So, the Event Horizon Telescope collaboration set atomic clocks to the exact moment they thought the objects would glow and hooked them up to the telescopes and took the picture. If you want to see this picture, I will leave the link of it in the description of this podcast. 
as well as all of the sites I use to research everything in this episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of All About That. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I would like to give a special thanks to Astronomy.com, NASA, Cosmos, and Wired for their help in making this episode through their websites full of information. This week's wondering is what could possibly be inside a black hole and what would happen to you if you go through one? I have always wondered this since I learned what a black hole was and personally I think you'd be torn apart in a bit of a gruesome scene if you tried to go uh, through one so I don't really want to go near one uh, ever. But I saw in one crash course video that said you would be pulled like a like spaghetti um, through a process that astronomers called spaghettification. I'm not kidding. Um, because the gravitational force on your feet is thousands of times larger than on your head since your feet are closer to the black hole. And the closer something is, the more gravity it feels, like we learned in uh, last time's ep- last episode. Uh, and when it comes to gravity and black holes, it's kind of multiplied in extreme. So even though your feet aren't that much uh, closer to the black hole than your head is, it's still, uh, it's still a lot more gravitational force. Some people even theorize that you would go to a new universe if you go through the black hole at like a certain angle. But uh, I think that's a bit of a stretch. Think about it. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Testing, testing. (laughs) I've always wanted to say that. Hello there. Oh, whoa. (laughs) Whoa there. (laughs) Wearing headphones, like, it it multiplies the sound. Whoa. (laughs) Let me check the audio there. Does it actually sound that loud? Hey everyone, oh my, (laughs) headphones. I got a microphone. Mm -mm.